Welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable Podcast. In this episode, I interview Penny Bell, artist, mentor, coach, and mental health advocate. Penny talks about being diagnosed as an adult with ADHD and CPTSD and the way in which her diagnosis allowed her to be more intentional about self-care and create healthy boundaries for her personal relationships. Penny also speaks on her faith and how finding God changed her life. As someone who has experienced significant trauma and who hasn't had a diagnosis, Penny's story resonated so much with me. And it made me think about how much easier it is to understand yourself when you know what is happening in your brain. I hope this episode is as good for you as it was for me. Enjoy. Vulnerable Podcast is back for its fourth season and this time we'll be talking about purpose. In the last season, I asked people to identify the gifts that they received from their life experiences and what became really obvious is that people often use their gifts to create careers driven by their purpose. And so this season, we go deeper. I'll be interviewing guests that talk about the nuanced experiences that connect vulnerability and purpose. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you love this podcast and use the hashtag Vulnerable Podcast on social media. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Vulnerable Podcast. Today we have Penny Bell, a mentor, coach, mental health advocate and um, a blogger, you write a lot about mental well-being and your own experiences. Um, and we, like as always, and I always say I'm going to record it before and I never ever do, but we just had a little chat about how I came to know of some of her work and um, what I, how long ago did you start blogging and putting it out there? Three just years. So just maybe, that's, years. maybe that's when I found it, there, about two, maybe two, three years ago, yeah. Um, I was just sharing with Penny before we started to record that, like when I started seeing you write about ADHD and the brain fog that came with that, I started to realize that my that I had a lot of brain fog and long periods of inactivity and then short bursts of like productivity oh, on in the next level. <laughs> I can get everything that I'd like. Um, and and you were like your writing was the first um that allowed me to kind of like create some compassion for myself when it came to that and just I'd like really just acknowledge it as a thing so thank you thank you in advance um, how are you doing today I'm good I'm good mm-hmm. it looks like we're in the same time zone with our sun coming through our blinds oh, yeah it does yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah, Penny, yeah. for people listening, is in America. <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've managed to time it. So it's five o'clock on my side and mid, well, half five on my side and midday up half, you know, I mean, on her but side. It, it, I think the last time I was in the UK, it was dark mm. by five o'clock. Mm. And now mm. the sun, literally I was on the phone to my friend yesterday and it was nine o'clock and the sun was still bright. Who's he? So, yeah. Oh, nice. Bright outside. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm, um... I actually started to kind of self-isolate in 2018. So that mm. none of this was new to me. It's just that I'm not at home. Yeah. Self-isolating. I'm actually in America. So um, it's interesting. It's, it's, it doesn't feel that odd because as I was saying to you before, I mm-hmm. don't know what this place where I'm staying is like on a normal day. So I just feel like I'm kind of in a, in a, quiet, a quiet place. For a mm-hmm. bit. So I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm good. 
do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of like what you do like what because I've been on your website and there are so many things that you do <laughs> I've also seen that you've released these bombs and I'm just like okay so like I'm I, I'm here for it because I'm also a person that does a lot of things so I'm just like how do you talk about what you do it's 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 kind of changing at the minute I guess um so I'm I've I think I'll just round it up and say I'm an artist now. Yeah. But no, mm-hmm. I've got I've got heavily into painting and that's probably my favourite um, at the mm. moment. Love running around calling myself an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in saying that, my business started um, away from the writing. I'm a writer. Yeah. So at uni I did professional and creative writing and theology. So I mm. always wanted to write. Um, so I am a writer at heart, but I guess that's art as well, isn't it? So you just yeah. wrap it all up. I'm a creative, yeah. Speak. But um, <laughs> but yeah, three years ago when I was diagnosed with um, combined ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, for anyone that doesn't know, you can't assume people know because yeah, no, this is true. not as um as talked about as we think. I got diagnosed with that, and then a year later, CPTSD. But before which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. The, um, so I've, I've skipped a bit already, but when I got diagnosed with the ADHD, I, um, I started writing about my mental health. So I started mm. to take some of my journal entries and uh, put them into blog posts and, dis- and, and uh, write about why those journal entries work indications that I was struggling with my mental health Mm. um where I didn't know before I just thought I was just a bit odd and a bit I was just struggling and yeah um, also uh being a Christian I I often just thought I was under spiritual attacks like when when things were were difficult Uh, and I had a a hard time growing up so I knew I I knew that the effects of my childhood would definitely have made my character a little bit, you know, just, I, I, I knew I've always been quite emotionally mature. So I would know that being in a, in a, um, you know, going through trauma, I would definitely have, um, ways that would reflect what I'd been through and that, you know, I'd get healed one day, but until then I'm, I'm a bit odd. Mm. Um, but then when I got diagnosed, I was just so unbelievably shocked that because you think that when you've gone through so many weird, difficult, unique situations, um, and had quite a, um, I don't know, complicated life, I guess you, Mm -hmm. you never feel like anyone is going through what you are. You, you know, that people have probably gone through that, that you've been through or that, that you've been through. And so they can relate to those. But when you're feeling all clogged up and weird and, um, and, and just absolutely not really recognising yourself, you mm. know that you just feel like no one would understand all of it. Even you can't understand all of it. So yeah. to hear that a lot of the things I was going through fell under the bracket of adult ADHD, mm. I was just blown away. I just wanted to just share it with the world because I just thought, if this is something that is a diag, it, it, all of the, the things I'm struggling with are falling under a diagnosis of something, mm-hmm. a mental health condition, which isn't even acknowledged as one, 
um, or acknowledged as something that adults can go through, then I need to I need to talk about it in case anybody else is going through this and needs the same kind of freedom and the mm. same kind of liberation that I got in just hearing that it was common. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, I became a blogger. I started talking about it really loud. Um, and um, I was doing that. That's how you would have found. Well, you if you would have. Um, yeah, you would have seen me doing it through, post, yeah. yeah, through Instagram or different, yeah. different things. I was just floating around on Instagram before, um, before talking about, I was more talking about faith and encouragement mm. rather than, ah, this is something, you know? Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so then I started blogging and speaking and, um, and then that led to me doing life coaching I wanted to help people one-on-one I found that um a lot of the time I was doing a lot of one-on-one stuff through my dms or through emails that people sent me and it was taking up a lot of my time and I did that anyway with my friends like I always wanted to fix and solve and help and hug um and a friend said once you'd be an amazing life coach and I was like yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean and then it, it yeah. just I've just recently become close to someone who was a life coach so I started mm-hmm. talking to her and um then she helped me develop uh develop my career in that direction um then that led to workshops at schools and and um and when, what I was about to say before about the artist side is um through you know through that and through trying to what I was kind of doing is learning how to manage my mental health but sharing Mm. it instantly so like I'd find out that this works or I'd find out that this was a symptom of ADHD and then I'd just share it in my blog and I weren't kind of absorbing it yeah do you find that was that helpful to kind of share because it's like it's almost like you said you found it out and then you didn't process it for yourself and what it meant to you and then you shared it with the world is was that I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it yeah, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it yeah. I I'm not, I don't I don't regret it because I was able I, I think I needed support as much as I was offering support having that community and mm-hmm. and having that um you know having a, a kind of dialogue with people and sharing and updating it it was good it was good to kind of grow community and and to know that that I was being effective, I guess. I don't know if it was for my ego or if it was for my comfort, just to know that I was helping people at those, because I, di- I didn't like concentrating on struggle. Mm-hmm, I'd mm-hmm. rather like, I'd like in everything that I've done, if, if anything bad was happening, I'd like to quickly turn it around and find a way to help people through it. Right. I didn't concentrate. There was, there was a lack of like being present in what was taking place. A coping mechanism, though, like from what I understand. Well, that's, that's a, but then listen to this. So this is where I was going. So so through managing anxiety, I created an affirmation company where I would create colourful little affirmation, uplifting mental wellness gifts. So mm-hmm. I was tapping into my artistic side and then got into painting. So mm-hmm. just had to go back to why I where where the art started. Um, but yeah, so. A year into, oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm actually tapping my laptop, you know, sorry. Um, So a year into finding out that I had ADHD, um, some traumatic experiences happened. A friend of mine uh, went through a bad accident um, and then a colleague of mine committed suicide after asking me for mental health support. 
Okay. Um, and it just rocked me, like both rocked me. And it was, I was like, just like, oh yeah, you know, visit my friend who's, who's really badly hurt themselves and try and just be even more helpful to people because I, I weren't able to help that guy at work. And I kind of took that approach, but something else was happening at the same time that I didn't recognize. And I was going down like I couldn't I couldn't manage my ADHD anymore and I've learned a lot about how to manage it uh, so to speak um and I couldn't I didn't want to all the things that I'd learned on how to do it I weren't interested in I didn't feel like helping people I didn't feel like writing I felt like I was not like what's the point in helping people online if I'm not helping people in real life it just went all weird and um, I stopped writing but also in the same instance, I like the, the, I think the Grem, I think Grenfell, the stuff with Grenfell was happening, which was on mm -hmm. my road. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of things happening, which were just highlighting my ability to just try to go numb, mm -hmm. which led to me being diagnosed with CPTSD, mm. um, which is, as I said, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And what I found out um, this is something that I've had since I was a child, probably because of all the things that I'd gone through um, or experienced or seen or, yeah, as a child and teenager and not dealt with. Um, I had kind of learned to disassociate and become numb to negative things and, mm. and traumatic experiences and try to just run away from them or put a lid on them. Mm. Um, and when I've done my research and, and you know, cause it was curable where ADHD is said to not be, I'm, I'm, I've been like slapped with these two labels. One is totally healable and curable and the other mm. isn't. And they both got the same symptoms. Okay. So this, mm, this is what I was going to say to you mm. earlier when you were talking about brain fog, cause you said mm -hmm. that you worked with young people. You had your own experiences that you had gone through and mm -hmm. um, obviously made you so compassionate about young people. Cause you know what you needed, you mm. know who you needed and you know what you didn't have. So there are some people like yourself who then grow a passion to want to give back and just yeah. be, you know, you get through it and you're like, I just want to give what I didn't have. Um, and when you said that, and then you said you related to my stuff about ADHD, it, it stood out that it could actually be that the stuff that you experienced yourself, sorry to turn this into therapy. <laughs> it's okay. I'm but always down for a therapy session. You know, free therapy <laughs> during lockdown. The stuff that you experienced, um, you may, and I'm not saying 100%, but yeah. may, not all of it might not have been dealt with, although you're over it, mm. you know, it might not have been dealt with uh, properly. And that yeah. is what causes all the symptoms which are identical to the symptoms of ADHD, brain yeah. fog, inability to concentrate, lack of motivation until last minute, splurge yeah. of inspiration and can then only hyper-focus on things that you're interested in, yeah. uh, awkwardness in social situations, social oh. awkwardness, you know, and then other times people think you're social butterfly Sally. Feeling like you're six people in one sometimes, you know, all different, and then you feel like you're not operating in integrity. Mm. Um, there's so many of these things which people accept and own as a symptom of ADHD, which they're told they can't ever cure, but then also fall under the symptoms of trauma, which is totally healable and curable. Mm -hmm. So 
I decided to focus on healing my trauma, getting to the root of things that I'd never wanted to face, the hard things that had happened that I was ashamed of, or mm. I was too scared to think about in case they made me upset and showed my weakness, um, that I'd put a lid on, which had made me numb to every other bad thing that happened. I started to unpack it all. And oh, it was, you know, when people say healing hurts, but it's so worth it. So I think that's my old that's a mild way of saying it but it is it is did you so do that biotherapy and um, for the most part no so for the most part prayer uh, mm. and in going in so mm. you know knowing that what you know just just submitting to saying look I, I just had to to say in prayer lord I, I need to get to the root of some stuff I, I need you to help me. Um, and I just found that when you do open yourself up to seek on that level and to want to heal, you know what happened. You know the thing that still affects you. You know why you're scared of rejection. You know why you're scared of losing people. You know what happened in the past that has affected how you think now. Even if you don't cry about it, lose sleep over it, it's mm -hmm. affected your behavior. You might have lost someone and now you're scared to love in case you lose. You might have been uh, cheated on and now you're scared. You, you know, you don't cry anymore. You're not hurt anymore, but you don't trust men or women or, you know, you don't trust, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so this has affected you. And, and although you, like I said, although you, you know, you've stopped crying, you're not depressed anymore, it's affected your future and mm. it's affected your present. That means you're traumatized. Can I, can I go into a little bit? Because it's, we, there's so many different ways to heal and there are people do it in how, whatever speaks to them, they kind of gravitate towards that. And yeah. I'm just like really interested in, um, your faith and kind of like how it started for you and how your faith became stronger and how you then used prayer as a way like the like this oh, podcast is about the hows. like I want people to walk away with like yeah. a how like a step by step so let's start with like your faith have you always been a Christian or is that something that you um you became later on in life became it became mm -hmm. but um <laughs> I always knew like I guess through being taken to church by neighbours um, who probably knew that my mum was struggling and also my auntie is a born-again Christian and she mm -hmm. always prayed with us and you know let us know that Jesus loved us and stuff so I always had a knowledge like a, a, a knowing I weren't mm -hmm. ever atheist mm. um, but when I was 16 a year after losing my mum I said I, I, I said a prayer to invite God into my life um, because I was going through a hard time. I was misusing substances um, and I was, um, I was scared that I was going to go down a dark path. And mm. I found a leaflet in my bag that someone must have given me on the street or at like a, 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 a church event or something that I'd been to with just, you know, just when someone invites you and you go along as a, yeah. child, as a youngster in my position at the time I was in foster care. Um, and I just, I said, I said this prayer and I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I, something happened. I, I, I was, something happened in that moment where all the love that had left my life when my mum had passed and with all the bad things that happened for a moment, I felt it again and it had all come in and I was 16. You can't make this up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine it like I couldn't I couldn't wish it back like it wouldn't mm -hmm. and I just felt after I said that prayer you know Lord if you're real 
um, I, I want to accept you into my life and, I, and I'm just grateful for, for everything, you know, just, just yeah. the of salvation, accepting Jesus as my saviour. And, um, and yeah, something took place in that moment that changed mm. my life forever. And whilst my life wasn't smooth sailing, I didn't turn into a cherub, I knew I was loved. There was, there was something... Right. Yeah, that, that did, was that a change for you because I that's you said that you knew you were loved and it and it just makes me really think about um the absence of love that people have because you know sometimes our parents aren't capable of, of yeah. giving us what what we need and obviously love is what everybody needs yeah um, I find that even myself like I've I've spent a long time not even and now I know through my own personal work but there's a, been a long time where I didn't even realize that I was worthy of it um and so like for you to say that you felt that love like what was that like uh, it was like butterflies literally. Mm -hmm. it was like i i remember when my mum passed i i was in foster care but i had wonderful foster carers and and just one family thank god i didn't i was quite old about, yeah i weren't small in the care in the care system I like, yeah, yeah i went into care when i was 13 i weren't a, a baby so mm -hmm. I found it really difficult to accept that a stranger could love you my own biological father had rejected um being mm -hmm. a father to me not necessarily now I know not necessarily rejected me as a person but through his own whatever he so, so to know that you know a new family could really love you as their own I, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't find it possible Mm -hmm. So when I lost my mum, I just thought all love was lost. Literally, I didn't. I felt so empty. I I thought, what's the point in doing anything? What's the point in mm -hmm. doing anything? There's no one that's gonna be proud of me. No one loves me. I'm not, you know, I'm liked, but it's not. I don't belong to anyone. I'm just yeah. here, yeah. and uh, and that and that was gone. That feeling of hopelessness was gone. I was filled mm -hmm. with I'm loved. I belong. I have like I have a heavenly father who is the rule of this whole universe and he mm. he he's loves me and he wanted me to just come back and, and acknowledge yeah. him and you know don't get me wrong it didn't it didn't stick forever that mm. feeling I, I had to develop and I had to spend time developing my faith which I I didn't always and I went back to you know smoking and whatever but had I of just clung on to the knowledge that I was loved, I would have saved a lot of time and a lot of mm. years just searching for love in all the wrong places. Um, mm. And that could be with friends, in relationships, uh, in jobs, just wanting that feeling of acceptance. I, I, I didn't cling um, all the time. Uh, so yeah, I just ended up having getting into more situations that I needed healing from. But, mm. um, but yeah. Thank God I had him and I was able to pray my way through it. And like we were saying with the healing process, it started off with just acknowledging that I needed healing, praying, mm. submitting to the process, which was to get rid of all the things that you're using as sedatives or, and I don't mean drugs or anything, but if yeah, it, it could was, be food, it could be exercise, if it was, food, it could if be it was friends, if it was, yeah. uh, you know, putting on a facade, being someone that, pretending you're someone that you're not, um, blocking out your pain, all of it is it's to help you cope um yeah. but if if you know if you just it, it just starts off with a prayer for me it's, it's and it sounds like in that prayer because when i think about like when i've prayed 
um, that and, and got into that kind of space. There's something that happens where you you release all judgment of yourself, and you have to allow the yeah. the, the love to come in, in in a way. And it's kind of like there's something this it's so hard when you live in this world when you know you've experienced all of the traumatic things you can imagine to experience and then you find something like you know food or exercise or weed or whatever it is and that fills that space and then you're like this isn't enough and you want to let it go but there's like a real there's a, it's a real vulnerable kind of like window of like yeah. something needs to fill that gap and so for you to kind of to get that love that you're talking about, like I can just imagine that that has I to still, be. I still looked in other places because, you know, it's it takes work. Like you know, mm. even the Bible says faith without without actions is dead. Because if I yeah. just believed that the Lord loves me and and but still didn't didn't prove that I believe that the way that you prove you believe it is by okay I'll let go of the smoking yeah. I'll let go of the negative friends and I'll let go of all the things that feed my ego because I know you don't you just you, you know you just you're still kind of finding these other things and and ideally mm. that's what I would have done I would have been brave and I would have just you know but trusted that the Lord really did love me but I struggled with accepting love in any instance let well, alone that would have been it was the that's the that's the life that you've experienced though so exactly. this thing is this is the thing here like i think it's really it's really easy to kind of be like i'm going to become a christian or become a muslim or become aware and everything's going to change because we've been we're existing in two spaces at the same time we've, we've experienced yeah. trauma on earth and then we use whatever spiritual spirituality religion to support us to heal that but mm -hmm. it doesn't take away from the fact that you know um that your mum passed away or that you know any like or the stuff that happened to me happened to me or whatever else it's like those stuff that those things have affected your brain mm. and i think there's a thing to be said about kind of like um, a balance between um being kind to yourself through your cptsd and doing the work yeah. <laughs> at the same time do you know what i mean like to kind of play and to do everything like you said earlier i did uh, go to talking therapy mm -hmm. it the, um, and that was more recently so mm -hmm. um, yeah that was more recently and it did help so much like oh, yeah so much but there was a lot of stuff that and and to be honest it it is good to seek those things first i wish i did i wish i did yeah i'm glad for the journey I'm, I'm grateful for and glad about the journey that i went on because it's made me who i am you know yeah that but it's true i've had to seek at a different level i think um, when you okay. no but what i was just gonna say is when somebody has gone through something traumatic all they need to ensure that that doesn't turn into trauma or ptsd mm. or cptsd is the right level of comfort reassurance and attention you just mm. need to be able to get it out express Breathe it, it. Someone just let you know that it's everything's okay. You're mm. you're loved. You're supported, and that's not necessarily going to happen again. It's mm. not gonna. You, you know, this isn't normal. This isn't something that's going to follow you. You can break free from it. You can develop yourself as a person without those. Pain. So if you don't have that through counselling, through the right people around you, it can develop into. 
PTSD or CPTSD and then later on in life you've got to deal with the way that yeah. that's affected other parts of your life yeah you know? so yeah it doesn't How have to always go that far yeah if you can if, if you're if you have the knowledge beforehand yeah um how is life now you know that you have cptsd and adhd well how is life now now you know that you have the knowledge and you've done your research like what does how does your life look different knowing um i i know i i accept myself because i know mm. what's going on when i don't feel good i'm mm. not forcing myself to feel better for can i ask now. you what that can i ask you what that looks like not feeling good um when in relation to the, the cptsd yes cptsd um yeah. when someone could say something that reminds me of something that hurts and i get triggered for instance like someone could mm -hmm. say i don't know i could be in around a friend or in a relationship or you mm -hmm. know this has happened in the past and um and someone says something which reminds me of a relationship I had that was really negative and toxic. And then I start to close up or I start to want to lash out. I start feeling mm. uh, sweat. I start having almost an anxiety attack because I feel like the same pain is about to follow. Um, right. And that can make me feel really weird. And you can, it can make me in the past want to either leave that situation or drink or smoke or do something to numb out the the worry when i now can know i'm just being triggered that's this is just reminding me of right, something so you can that. observe it you can observe it yeah and i'm just like yeah before i'll be like <laughs> You're in it, yeah. i'm out of it you know and and so that or i could be for instance i could just be having a a day where i'm I'm, I'm feeling low, I'm feeling alone, I'm feeling sad. And I have to know that this is a day where I love on myself, where I pump mm. myself full of words, get the Bible out, uh, remind myself of who I am and speak life mm. and, and just practice what I know. Where before mm. I just think, I feel like this because it, everything's bad, everything's rubbish. I don't have any goodness in me. Um, so it's a mindset shift. Yeah, it's just, it's just perspective and knowing yeah. now what's going on, understanding what mental health is, understanding that we all have a brain that can be damaged in different ways. Brain damage isn't mm -hmm. always from something big. Brain damage, so, you know, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and we can look after it. We can go out of our way to prevent and to, uh, to take care of it. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm very, I'm much stricter about who I'm around and, and what I absorb. I'm not as much of a people pleaser as I used to be. I felt like, yes, I want to serve. Yes. I want to be there for people, but I was becoming a bit of a doormat where mm -hmm. I would just, I would just what feel like it's my duty to take on everyone's stuff and try to help them and fix it. And whilst I do have a natural heart to serve and I do want to make sure people are, I want, if I can make someone's life easier, I want to, I now know where I can't pour from an empty cup. I have to yeah. make sure that I take care of myself. And that's a, that's a good place to be because yeah. you're not, you know, you could, you, you don't realize sometimes, but even just taking on too much of other people's stuff, it feels like you're going through it again and you're not. Right. Yeah. 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 You yeah. have to be careful. So, um, hello. What happened there? I don't know. You just, went, you, just, <laughs> you just stopped talking. I was like, what happened? Oh, sorry. My screen just disappeared. I can't see anything anymore. I can hear you, though. Can you hear me? 
do you, I, I, I don't know. Um, oh, sorry, I did. I just I'm, that must have been weird. I there it is. Oh, it just disappeared. Yeah. And I'm like, is anyone still here? Yeah. So knowing I... knowledge brings, I think knowledge brings freedom in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, when did your purpose start to unfold for you? So you know, you're creative, and a lot of your work, like you said, the affirmations and stuff the, via your artwork is based on you wanting to uplift people and support people and help people to kind of cope through stuff. Like, um, when did that, like, at what point did kind of like you, were you able to step out of your trauma and, and step into your purpose? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I always, like I said, when I was in school, I went into, I went uni to do professional and creative writing. So I, I wanted mm. to write books like Joyce Meyer, basically. Mm. I wanted to write books. Um, Joyce Meyer writes a lot of, um, you could call them self-help books or self-realization books, but very yeah. biblically based, giving yeah, you support. Yeah. Like uh, one that stands out is Battlefield of the Mind, helping you understand mm. what goes on in the mind and how to attack it spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, biblically or practically. Um, mm. And so I wanted to, I wanted to help people in the same way her books helped me. They offered me comfort. They helped me to, mm-hmm. so I just wanted to, I've always wanted to do that. Um, even when I was going through some of my hardest times, um, but I was just riddled with fear. Uh, fear mm-hmm. gripped me. I, before I started my blog, before I knew what mental health was, I knew that everything I'd been through was going to benefit others if I was in a position to share but I was just so ashamed I couldn't never open up and admit what I'd been through I just wanted people to always think I was strong and that nothing bad had ever happened that I had this perfect family Mm. which was not true so four years before I started my blog I bought a blog spot just didn't put nothing on there um and it wasn't until I found about mental health that I just felt like okay this doesn't feel so personal I can blame everything on the mental health and and I can share yeah, without yeah. it being that, all yeah. about me. That's, it can be about that. So yeah, it was probably when I was thirty, so three years ago. Mm-hmm. That's when it I properly stepped out. But I always yeah, knew that I wanted to work in helping people. How would you say your um your faith now has supported your journey? Like in, especially when it comes to more of the, like the professional side of who you are you've talked about how it has how it helped you at the beginning but now when you think about like the work that you're doing the coaching the mentoring the the all of the bits and pieces that you're doing like does your faith feature in that or is it do you, do you are you able to keep them separate um they I well I don't I don't I, I wouldn't you know go to pray for someone who hasn't asked to you know to be prayed for yeah. or or just start talking about you know the things that that I'm realizing in my one-on-one time with God or like my, mm-hmm. my own personal um, relationship with God. But everything I, everything I am is because of him. So mm-hmm. everything I do is going to hopefully, unless I'm messing up, which is not him, it's me, um, is, is going to hopefully be a reflection of, of my commitment to wanting to, know him more um so I'm glad I'm actually in a place where I can say that and be doing everything in my power to be submitting to that because if Mm. this was a few years ago then it would be double life Deborah do you know what I mean that's my middle name as well Deborah. oh is it (laughs) yeah uh so 
I was um I was still you know dabbling with you know things that I knew weren't just weren't me weren't what I was meant to be doing weren't edifying me and and I was yeah yeah, not proud of so yeah hopefully everything I do is just a reflection of his grace um unless it's naughty then it's not (laughs) my flesh (laughs) disclaimer so disclaimer so god doesn't come for you if i'm if you see me being naughty that's not him (laughs) um do you have any self-care tips um for those who have similar like backgrounds to yourself like like oh yeah can i add sorry because i've just remembered as well um with everything that i do uh, with work wise whatever i'm doing um I'm I want there's a scripture that is says that um uh you that it's in us Isaiah 60 or 62 or 66 I was reading all of them recently but Mm -hmm. it says that um we are called to set the captives free and to enable the blind to see and it can sound Mm -hmm. like you know missionaries breaking people out of prison or breaking people out of slavery or Mm -hmm. healers going and touching people's eyes and letting them see but in in regards to the direction of what I want everything I do to do, it is mm. to help people who don't know the tr- truth and don't know the truth about self see. So help the blind see and set the captives free because I was mm. blind to what was going on. I didn't have mm. the right perspective and so I suffered. And I was a mm. cap I, I've I've felt captive to my own thoughts, to my own behaviours, to lies. Um, and you feel bound and and so there's a level of freedom that comes through understanding and knowledge and also you do feel like you've you've had you know like a yeah when you do start to see and and love Mm. on yourself and realize you know what's real and what the truth is about yourself so yeah there's a scripture that actually backs up everything that I do and it's that yeah yeah, that's that's um i like that scripture if you can send that to me i'd love to read actually get the captives free and and help the blind see Mm. so yeah i've never i've never heard that i was raised in a christian household and i've never of all the scriptures i've remembered off by heart i've never heard that one (laughs) i'll send it to you i'll send it to you after so yeah yeah, back to the, the question um what, you can even what, Google it. You can even Google set the captives free scripture and I'm it will show you where in the Bible it says it. Yeah. In, okay. on Google. Isaiah okay. though. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely I'll do that. I'll definitely get that done. Yeah. Um questions about self-care. And, oh, that, yeah. and, and 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 the reason why I'm asking you is because I don't really ask everybody this question, but I think self-care for people that have experienced like um ADHD, anytime I'm meant to have anything. Um, and, and similar backgrounds to you, like when it comes to grief and trauma and stuff, I think self-care needs to be specific. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like self-care is personal, but then, but then yeah. I do feel like it looks different when people have been through different things. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like you, like I self-care and all of the stuff I've experienced will just be like, my brain cannot manage a conversation or my phone. My brain only can manage the Kardashians today, and so that's what I'm going to do. Do you know what I, I mean? And kind of mm-hmm. Allowing myself to do that. Not, but, <laughs> not the Kardashians. But yeah. No, I was going to say that about the Kardashians. I was going to say that eat, like for someone who with, with all the different things probably that I've experienced and fell victim to for my own, mm-hmm. like off my own uh, decisions. I think having a day where I just lock off, I've, I've been doing self 
this self-isolation has been helping but like mm. just having times where you don't look at your phone like I'm off social media at the moment just having like a mm. break popping on mm. when I need to share or post something or announce mm. something for someone or whatever but yeah just because it um just disconnecting and doing like watching films eating the stuff that you like to eat learning yeah. a new recipe for someone like me who has quite a hyperactive mind Mm. self-care to me can look like learning something new that has nothing to do with work that like right. not just oh I've got a day off let me read all about this so I can help this with the person with this or let me no just let me just learn how to make banana breads because I yeah I like <laughs> it do you know what I mean and, and just yeah. that you know uh it feels really good to be productive it feels really good to accomplish something and to me that's mm. where I get a buzz and so oh it's doing that switchy thing again so um so yeah I would say um doing stuff that doesn't you know if you're a person who's an empath so if you mm. have been diagnosed with ADHD or you have struggled with trauma um they're the two that's something that falls under both is that you're really empathetic and compassionate yeah. for other people so having a day where you don't think about anyone else and you do just do stuff for yourself um and also sounds really uh basic but one speak to yourself people say it's the first mm. sign of madness it's a lie yeah so I, I speak to myself all the time always just yourself like, get comfortable yeah. talking to yourself and being the person that you go to 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 get edified like you have to be able to tell yourself you are better than you think you yeah are yeah i was just about to say amazing. and to add, add to that be kind as well because yeah. before like I, i've always spoken to myself audibly out loud but like i would say i was i would swear at myself i'd be like why are you such an idiot mm, and no. then acknowledging that's what i was doing and then being really intentional about speaking kind words. Yeah, just speak. You know what I mean? Speak yeah. to yourself. Speak to yourself how you would a friend who's gone through what you've gone through. Mm. If someone comes to you and said, you know, this is what I've been through, how would you treat them? You wouldn't be saying that stuff to them. If you heard someone like you saying, you know, you're such an idiot, you'd be like, no, you're not. Don't speak like that. Because you, mm. you, you know you've got a massive heart. You know you care about people. Yeah. So people like that are not idiots. You know, so you you should you should you you have to treat yourself how you would treat others. Yeah. Um, if you especially if you're compassionate, um, and also drink water. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, so my third glass. I'm doing so well. I don't drink yeah. water. And since I've been on like that, I'm like, if you're gonna come out with any skill, it's gonna be drinking water. Is that your third glass <laughs> of the day? My third for the day, but it is five o'clock. Like I should. You need you need to back three more, hun. <laughs> it's five. When I say that. I do not like. I don't yeah. drink water, and I, I don't know what that is. No. But, um, well, that's something yeah. that you need to increase. You need to mm -hmm. have. You need to drink more water. It, there's so many benefits, but one one is just the way you feel. I, yeah. I won't even go into it because I'll be here all day. But drink more water. Trust and me, I suppose for people like me that have all the toxins that you don't need, and a lot of them can cling to. The brain. I was just about yeah. to say the brain and the brain fog. Um, yeah, it's not just emotion. It's not all to do with. It's not always behavioural. It's not always emotional. It is sometimes just biological. Water your body. Yeah. Get rid of Certainly. all the stuff that you don't need. 
Thank you so much, Penny. Thank you. I have enjoyed speaking to you thoroughly. And like, I really haven't, especially because of the faith-based stuff. And I just, I haven't spent, I haven't interviewed that many people on the podcast and spoken about faith, yeah. especially. Oh. Um, and it's always important for me that this reaches everybody. Like, I just feel like the platform needs to reach as many different people. And, and I didn't want it, I didn't ever want it to be a thing that, if you weren't if you were of a particular faith you wouldn't be able to identify does that make sense yeah. like you know you just want to make it available to everybody faith and, faith and mental health together is a yeah topic that needs to be talked about more because a lot of mm. the time if we are struggling by mental health we feel like it's a demonic attack so we right. don't give it the physical attention it needs so yeah and i think it's it. and it's the language as well like you just said it's a demonic attack like that's language that is specific to religious spiritual communities mm. and outside of that saying those words might make you feel like you're mad like mm. to anyone else outside of that like it, to me as someone who's been raised in a christian household that doesn't sound like when you said spiritual attack like earlier and i was like i get it but like to an, yeah. an, an, a person who hasn't been raised with that language it's like the no yeah what's what's, what's what's happening raised is the as same. A child in a household where even you know where you're hearing that where you're just mm. going through complete confusion and trauma and you're being told by people that it's a spiritual attack in your mind yeah you, this is yeah. this is how do you feel even growing up thinking mm. well these are they're obviously yeah. at play you could just yeah. be with anxiety that day right and so you're absolutely right faith and um faith and mental health definitely needs to be delved into like way more because um i've worked with more recently a young person he's like not young now he's, he's he's an adult but like he's um i can't remember what country he's from in africa but his whole thing was they thought he had um demons on him mm. and that's and really common. it's so prominent like when people think that kids like are demons especially when they didn't like a parent or their grandparent or whatever and then it's like yeah. that kid comes and you've got all their spiritual stuff attached to you and then as a, as a result of that he was abused and then put into care so he has like a whole story about like um faith-based trauma and yeah. wow. my whole thing like i've kind of worked through my own um really I, I no longer identify as a christian but i've i've come to peace with my experiences have been very very wild and it's not reflective of christianity or god as a whole yeah. does, that, does that make sense yeah. and so like i'm able to kind of look at what i experienced and be like okay that part was god that part wasn't but i feel yeah. like though i think that it's really hard for people that um experience things like abuse as a result of like um religious rhetoric mm -hmm. to make that separation and also for people on the outside that have no idea about anything to do with religion to have yeah i should say culture is really strong as well so a lot of these um sometimes a lot of these abusive things that happen are more culture-based than religion-based and i just think that when people yeah. look at it from the outside um it's really easy to be like everyone's crazy that's wild i don't want anything to do with it instead of kind of like looking at how mm. um people experience different things and being empathetic with individual journeys um so what you said is is completely completely unfair it's going to make me think literally literally a little bit more about like how i can do more to um bridge that conversation that faith-based conversation because i do know there are some christians that listen to the podcast and i do wonder sometimes are they getting what they need um mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah but questions out 
you know, real real world too. Yeah, but yeah. It's not all roses. It's it's even. It can even be harder because mm. you you know it can even be harder sometimes for for different mm. reasons for different people. But yes, I'm all for it. And if you ever want any, uh, I've I've actually spoken quite a bit about these kind of things and and how maybe the church can support mental health more maybe it's um maybe it's another conversation maybe it's an instagram live maybe it's another zoom with people coming i don't know maybe it's something else but i do think it's something that needs to be unpacked um but thank you so much for your time today i've thoroughly enjoyed it i've got a lot of food for thought definitely about my own brain and i'm gonna drink some water (laughs) for sure i'm gonna back three glasses three more glasses before you go to bed yeah (laughs) the sink just just, just lugging it back. Yeah, you have to. You have to. <laughs> can you let people know where they can find you on um, social media? Yep, it's Penny Bell, one word, um, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, and also, I'm going to start using Facebook a little bit more so that I'm not mm-hmm. doing the Instagram. Like I said, I've been having a bit of a break. But yeah, it's Penny Bell or mm-hmm. Penny Bell Creations, um, which okay. is my um, mental wellness and uplifting gifts. And, and that's the website as well pennybellcreations.com so yeah thank you so much man thank you see you later bye if you like this show and the content i'm creating please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you listen on we're on all major platforms including spotify youtube apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and soundcloud i'd be super grateful if you not only leave us a five-star rating but share these episodes with your friends and family so we can keep the conversation about vulnerability going please let me know of your favorite part of the show or your key takeaway by messaging me on instagram at Alyssa rochelle using the hashtag the vulnerable podcast you can also find us on youtube and get involved in the conversation over there i cannot wait to read all of your comments it will help me to create the content that you want to see and hear in the future thanks guys